Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, we will be recapping the events of the Elite South Region Round 1. Here to help me do that is Joe Martinez, Ben McCoy, Marie Garrig, and last but not least, Vaughn Kelly. Guys, thank you so much for joining me and lending your time to help recap what took place last weekend. Um, I definitely want to give this uh, as thorough of a recap as possible, so let's go ahead and just get right into it. Let's go ahead and start with a quick introduction. Um, Joe, and you can go ahead and, and go first. Why don't you go ahead and give us your team name, the team you play for, and your overall role in uh, round one. Let's start there. Uh, my name is Joe Martinez. I play for Outsiders, and my overall role in round one was just a player. Nice. Uh, my name is Ben McCoy. I play for Dodge Tronic Supersonic. Uh, my role is the captain on the team. Nice. And uh, Vaughn? Uh, yeah, Vaughn Kelly, play for Outsiders also. Um, as far as the tournament goes, I didn't have a role, but I, uh, you know, hope to keep an eye out for Tyler and the uh, Dodgeball Tribune, just sending him photos, sending him some, you know, just kind of general information about the tournament, who won, who was kind of standing out, surprise teams, stuff like that. So awesome. a lot of the stuff that you kind of read in that article, um, I gave him sort of a general summary for and then he um expanded on it from there cool so yeah you're kind of feeding the intel and initially i wanted to have uh joe ben and marie on here but then as i was reading the article i saw that you had uh given that shout out and mentioned for providing that content so thanks for kind of hopping on last minute and then uh last but certainly not least uh marie why don't you go ahead and give us your info Sure. Marie Garrig. I play with Southern Glory for Women and Outsiders um, for co-ed, which we do at finals. Um, I My role obviously was a player and a captain, South, Southern Glory, um, but I also helped make sure that we had our inaugural uh, women's division down here in the South uh, for round one out in New Orleans. Awesome. Definitely want to go into that too uh, a little bit later. Uh, but first, let's just go ahead and and start with your first thoughts overall. Um, I know that a week has passed, and uh, hopefully the events are still somewhat uh, fresh in your guys' minds. But um, I, I do kind of want to start with maybe the elephant in the room. Um, adrenaline rush was not there. Um, and we can go round table and kind of just lend your thoughts on that real quick. But does anybody want to speak to what impact that might have had um, with them not being there? Um, actually, Joe, we'll go ahead and start with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of found out day of <clears throat> that they weren't going to get there. We knew Hitmen weren't coming the day before. Um, but I think for some of the more competitive teams or, or the teams that were looking to to get first or place in the least in 8.5, I think that definitely gave gave some, some teams a, a confidence boost that they weren't going to be there. And do what they typically do, which is kind of beat up on everybody. So it, I think it gave some people a confidence boost. So is it is it kind of like the equivalent of maybe Doom not showing up, Doom and Rise <clears throat> for the West? Um, if this were a couple of years ago, I think I'd say so. But I think especially teams like, like Outsiders and Outlaws and, um, I mean, even that Stingers team who came and showed up, I think – everybody's is catching up so i don't know that it's quite as excessive as saying it's like do not showing up but I, I do think that it gave some of the some of the teams if not most of the teams a big confidence boost that they weren't going to do that gotcha 
Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of echo real quick a little bit of what Dominic provided me. He kind of gave me like a, a written rundown of what took place. Um, and that was the absence of adrenaline rush and the hitmen paved the way for round one to be up for grabs. Uh, ben, do you kind of feel the same or what was your th- in- what was your take on those teams not being there? Uh, yeah, uh, with the adrenaline rush not there, definitely um, it was up for grabs. Uh, they've, they've been a dominant team in the South for, I don't know, since Elite started in the South. So uh, they got a pretty, pretty solid pretty solid lineup because everybody on their team is like you know, great thrower, great catcher. So they made, they're a hard team to play for sure. Gotcha. But without them in there, uh, everybody, uh, you know, it was it was an advantage to a lot of the a lot of the other you know teams that usually place top three, top four, whatever. Gotcha. And Marie, did you have um, any thoughts on that, or did that impact you at all? I mean, you know, I, I've played a couple rounds in the past as a fill-in on teams who needed someone. Um, to fill in for them so I certainly haven't had as much experience as the guys on on this one but I will say as an outsider um, not the team but (laughs) as an outside player um, to the elite I think that I noticed a different mood um, and and maybe it's coming from the confidence maybe it was coming from just some of the dynamics but it seemed like the dynamics were a a little bit different with the teams um, and I can't help but wonder if that had to do with adrenaline rush not being there gotcha yeah for uh, for me and you know in the West Coast perspective just hearing that they weren't there was kind of like wait what because you would expect them to be a staple um, from the south I mean when uh, when Elite first started doing these regional things, Adrenaline Rush was actually part of like the West Coast round one. So they've been around for a while and, and not, not and knowing that they weren't there was just kind of like a weird, uh, at, least, at least from my perspective again, it just felt like a weird thing to have happen. Um, Vaughn, do you have any thoughts on that overall? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with, with most of the things said. I think for, for me personally as a player, it was... Um, it was kind of sad not to have them there um, because, you know, for most of the time I've been playing Elite, they've won every regional. Outlaws beat them once last year. Um, when I play, I want to beat the best, and I was looking forward to playing them. I think um, maybe some of the newer teams were were happy that they weren't there. That's something that they didn't have to kind of go up against and worry about and um, maybe be um, embarrassed by a little bit. Um, but I, I was looking forward to playing them. Um, I feel like our team has grown a lot in the past year or two, and um, it was definitely something I wanted to see. Um, I think Marie's right about the kind of dynamic between the teams. A lot of the teams in the South are uh, are pretty close um, and, you know, very friendly with each other and everything. And, and Adrenaline Rush has always kind of been – um, isolated they don't really interact with a lot of the other teams you know they only play the one division um, and so I think not having them there and not having a team that kind of isolates themselves um, actually helped the rest of the teams um, just kind of interact better with each other and and be a little more close-knit um, than maybe things have been in the past. It, it was definitely an interesting an interesting tournament without them there. Um, I don't think it was a bad tournament. I think it was good as far as getting everyone else kind of involved and everyone else, um, you know, just shagging for each other, um, 
you know, just really helping each other out. Um, but me personally, as a player, I, I, I wanted to see them there and I wanted to, I wanted to play them. And um, I still firmly believe that we would have won the region had they been there. So, Gotcha. Well, hopefully you'll get a chance in, uh, you know, round two and um, kind of don't really want to talk about like why they weren't there. Kind of just like let that just remain unspoken. Um, but aside from that, and we'll go back to, to Joe to start this question, um, was this South round one different than previous ones? And do you think this is what we can expect as far as uh, future teams go in terms of competition? And did it really kind of set that uh, standard for the uh, subsequent rounds that are coming up? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I think it was, uh, especially with most of the teams coming from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I think traveling all the way to New Orleans was kind of strenuous on some teams. And that being said, the Dallas-Fort Worth area teams were still able to be pretty successful. Um, you had Outsiders and Outlaws both place in both divisions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's, what we can expect going forward is in the South, if you include A-Rush in the Dallas-Fort Worth teams, the Dallas-Fort Worth teams are the teams that typically are on the top. And when you have Hitmen there, they push through. But I think the Dallas-Fort Worth teams are getting better and better and better. And I think this season you're going to see a big surge from the Dallas and Fort Worth teams. Nice. Uh, how about you, Ben? Uh, what were your thoughts on the round one overall? In terms of being uh, different to previous, uh, it, it was nice actually to to we well being from Memphis we we travel to every round all the time we're always driving somewhere and so it's always kind of a struggle for our team and uh, because you know finding people that are able to travel and you know get the time off and whatnot but uh, going to New Orleans was definitely you know kind of a nice change I guess and it's I guess. It's a little closer uh, than some of the Texas rounds. Dallas is probably about the same for us, but um, uh, I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, as uh, for our team, um, we we didn't do as well as we thought, but I didn't expect a lot, I guess, because last year was kind of a, a a bad year for us. We didn't. I think we only made one round last year, and. It was the first year that we hadn't been to nationals, as long as I can remember, because before Elite, we used to go to NBL nationals. But. So let's go ahead and kind of just real quick uh, cover the events of, of Open Division, especially for um, Outsiders. Uh, Joe, it looks like Outlaws knocked you guys out of the winner's bracket um, right after you defeated Wrecking Balls, and then you guys kind of clawed and fought your way back up through the loser's bracket. What was it like um, coming back? It was nothing that we hadn't been through before i mean we have most of our team plays in just about every tournament that happens in the dallas fort worth area and then some of our players play all around the country and uh we've been put in just about every situation possible when it comes to dodgeball tournaments and dodgeball brackets so i think coming into going into the losers bracket losing like that uh it wasn't any anywhere we hadn't been before it was just a matter after that of keeping our confidence and composure. Gotcha. Just another day, so to speak. Um, and Vaughn, maybe you can take this question. What did you guys do differently when you face Outlaws again for the finals? Um, I think we just really had to focus on sticking with the game plan that we came in with. Um, 
one thing about us playing outlaws that's kind of been a common theme is um you know one team might get a little a little wild and, and shake shake the you know shake the tree a little bit and and one other team gets uh off their game and that happened to us in the first game and it's, it's happened to us against outlaws before and you know it, i'm sure at some point it'll happen to us again and, and they'll knock us off somewhere but we just really had to focus on on keeping our game going and, and sticking with our game plan so gotcha so it sounds like it didn't really rattle you guys that much at all it was just uh, kind of like joe said it's like another day you haven't been through anything new before um you guys are just gonna play on and, yeah. and persevere yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, we came together, we said, hey, you know, we messed up here, 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 and here. We know we know what we did, we know how we play, and uh, and we're just going to play our game. Like I said, it, they've shaken us before and, and knocked us off before, so it wasn't anything that we haven't seen, like Joe said, and, and we knew how to, how to come back from it this time. So Nice. Okay, very cool. Uh, and Ben, uh, maybe a little bit of a different experience, but uh, from your perspective, what teams like really showed up last weekend um, that you saw, aside from Outsiders? From Outsiders, Outlaws, and, and just being somebody that doesn't get to see those teams play all the time, um, I, I would say that the Outsiders and Outlaws are pretty evenly, pretty evenly matched. I mean, you could kind of go either way. A, a lot of times, but um, the Voodoo team I thought was pretty good. Um, uh, I'm not sure if we've played that particular lineup in the past, but I feel like we've played some of those guys before, and and you know have beaten them and whatever. But this 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 round they they were pretty they were pretty solid, and yeah, um, and obviously the Giovinco team uh, Stingers. They were, they were pretty good. Of course, none of us had really seen them before. I've, I've seen uh, Team Awesome play, I guess, but that was a different lineup. So. Gotcha. Um, and Vaughn, you kind of shouted out uh, Voodoo and Stingers a little bit. Um, were they just very well composed, or did they just come in swinging, or, or what was your take on, on them overall? Um, with Stingers, um, they, all, they had a lot of individual talent, um, a lot of guys that you know could make the throws and the catches um, but they didn't have a whole lot of cohesion as a team and and that's something that's just going to come with them playing you know more regularly and getting used to each other um, I think having Matt Giovinco there to kind of lend his experience and kind of coach those guys in a way really really helps them and and I think that they're in the next you know couple years however long they stick around they're going to be a team that that shoots up pretty quickly they uh like i said they had a lot of individual talent and they just need to really hone hone their their kind of team play a little bit um but i think i think they're a good team i think they're strong you know they they came in and i feel like they fit in well you know kind of in the social aspect of the tournament um you know i didn't hear anyone really complaining about them so i, I think it's good to have them and as far as voodoo goes, like Ben said, um, we've seen all of those guys. They've all kind of hopped around different teams before, whether it was um, Crew, which you know played kind of regularly a couple years ago, and they played one, I think maybe one round last year, um, and before they kind of shook it up a little bit, and then they had uh, 
some guys jump to coup de gras who played at nationals um and now this voodoo team so we're familiar with all those guys individually but it seems like they finally have a lineup that maybe they can be they can be happy with and they can start putting the work in Cool. Well, let's go ahead and uh, transition over to to women's uh, real quick. And this is coming from um, Tyler's article. It says, worth noting, uh, Marie Garrig deserves a massive shout out for her push and guidance in establishing a women's division in the South. Um, Can you kind of speak to that a little bit, Marie? Yeah, I appreciate the credit. I think, um, you know, the the women of the South, especially those in the DFW area, really got together and said, you know, this time we really want to be able to play elite. And it really stems from, I think, the last two years we've brought a team to nationals having absolutely zero um, opportunity for women to play in elite unless they fill in on a team. Um, or a team picks someone up, um, which doesn't happen down here. And so, you know, we're, we're certainly under-experienced compared to everyone else at, um, at, at finals. And, and I'm okay with that, except um, we look like we're awful. <laughs> um, you know, last year our team, I think two of us had experience playing any elite at all. Um, and that was primarily co-ed, no sting. Um, and so the others had, had never even touched a no sting ball uh, pr- before getting to Boston, right? And so that's just the opportunity we had and we, we got together and we made it happen, but we really wanted the chance um, to play like everybody else. And so fought for um, the opportunity through the winter and really to try and make um, the opportunity for us to come out this season and have slots for for the women to play. Um, I think it's easier to get women to start playing when it's only women and they're not facing, you know, a team with um, six guys on it and and they, you know, get an an eight and a half thrown at their face. And um, so, (laughs) you know, that that worked out well for us. to just talk people into and, and I think everybody really also got behind the idea of hey this is the inaugural time right this is the opportunity for us to make this happen for us um, and so everyone kind of pitched in together to make it happen nice when you say you fought for it over the winter time what, what do you mean by that exactly um well I think you know it's breaking tradition a little bit the only divisions we've had out here for elite as far as I know at least the last couple of years um, has been open eight and a half and, and open no sting. Um, and so in, in South tends to be um, less represented than maybe some of the other areas. Um, just fewer teams participate on a regular basis and that kind of thing. And it's usually the same teams over and over again. So um, going in and saying, hey, you know what, we need space for the women to play um, and trying to take gamble and say, yeah, I can definitely get I I guaranteed four teams of four (laughs) so we could play four by four we can get all that many people to wherever we go and it turned out to be New Orleans it was a gamble trying to see if we could get that many people to go but having to guarantee that and then having to go behind the scenes and say okay come on guys let's let's figure it out let's put some teams together let's who's going to play together Um, and then really there seems to be um, some pressure I think from the traditional teams that have played they don't necessarily want to give up what they already have been doing for the last several years in order to make space for us right so 
there was a lot of discussion about having a co-ed no sting, which is what I understand is happening in, in some of the other um, regions when there's a women's division, there's also co-ed no sting. And we weren't able to make that happen just because there's there was um, some opposition to it, not only court space, but um, it's a different division and we'd have to give up open no sting to make that happen. And um, that's gonna be change. And um, that was a type of stuff that had to happen over the last six months. Sounds like a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's you know as a former captain, it, it's it's enough just to get you know five other people to to play and travel. So I mean, that's that's a major shout out then to you for for getting um, a women's division and, and fighting for that. So thanks for kind of elaborating that a little bit more. That definitely makes um, a lot more sense. Um, yeah. Do you think um, we'll, we'll be able to see from this um, you know six? Six v six actual women's division, like I won't say actual, but like a full uh, division in the coming rounds. Yeah, I mean, I think we might. You know, part of the challenge is we ended up having the majority of the participants come from DFW. Um, you know, so traveling to New Orleans, we we were um, able to find one team from New Orleans last minute, um, and some of that was just not having the connections with the right people to be able to get them informed of, of what we were doing. So. Um, now they're on board, but the majority of people um, traveled and obviously not everybody can travel all the time. And so when we get to Shreveport is a whole lot closer um, for the DFW women. Um, and so I think there will be some more people who are able to participate in Shreveport. We were capped at six teams for the four by four. And um, we were we brought five and some of them had five members on it. So I think it's not out of the realm of possibility to have um, either six by six at Shreveport or probably for DFW. I haven't talked to you know the powers that be that to see what that would take on the logistics side of it, but I think it's possible to have that many um, women playing at least by round three in Dallas. Nice. Well, that's awesome, man. It definitely has to start somewhere. So I'm sure you know by this time next year it'll be a full-on division, and, and it's uh, it's because of people willing to put in the work. So. That's great. Um, as far as the actual um, tournament for women's went, um, what did you see overall? Um, it looks like Throw Me Something seemed pretty dominant in the bracket. Uh, was that the case for round robin as well? Um, you know, no, I think um, when it was in round robin, um, what was it, Caught Up did a, did a great job. And Weapons of Mass Destruction, I think if anyone dominated, it, it would have been them. Um, part of it started out really slow you know everyone was trying to get their feelings for what is this whole thing about you know we had to get refs up to speed to to pass the ref test and many of them had never been to an elite round ever so everyone was just trying to figure out how does this whole thing work four by four isn't a, a you know a traditional format for most dodgeball tournaments and certainly those that everybody's played at so it started out pretty slow i think once um some of the ladies saw some of the talent and realized that um, you know, they could throw harder, they could catch or, you know, that kind of thing. They started to um, play and, and put in even more effort than I think maybe they did in their first game. Um, and, you know, that, that was exciting. So as round robin happened, the talent just continued to get better and better. Um, and then the, the other thing is the team started learning to play together, right? And so they started to learn everybody else and, and, and how to call some plays and who to watch for and how to take those people out if, if they needed to. Um, and so once I, I was actually kind of surprised once um, bracket play it came about, um, the tournament was a, a, even a, 
a different thing. I mean, it just, um, everyone, every team came to play and um, it, it was just amazing how it all kind of worked out. Nice. Um, I, I do want to mention uh, Alexandria Shelton's Dodge. What, what was that? Did you see that or? I did. I did. I was standing on the sidelines. Um, she, she played on my team this round and um, <laughs> it was one of those things where we were not winning um, and uh, another teammate shouted out, Alex, do the splits. And um, <laughs> I had no idea where that was coming from. Apparently they must have known she can do the splits. Um, and she, <laughs> she said later that she said, well, I, I heard her say it, so I just did it. And <laughs> she, she just dropped into those splits, and thankfully it was caught on camera. Um, one of the interesting things about it is that uh, I was, like I said, standing on the on the sideline with Cody Stidham, and it was it was painfully obvious that her toe was actually out of bounds when she did those splits oh, um, by probably a good three inches, right? Um, and it doesn't show that on the, on the clip that was published, but... We, but Cody and I both look, and normally I would call my own team out and say, you know, you're out, but everybody was so completely excited <laughs> about what had just happened. And I, and I told the other team later, you know, she was out on that play and they said, that's okay. If you would have called her out, we would have said, get out of here, just leave her in. That was such an awesome thing. So, you know, it all worked out as one of those things, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was fun. I just wanted to let it happen. Um, yeah. yeah, that was I thought that was candid, like, or not candid. I thought that was uh, scripted at first, and I had no idea it was from the South. It was like an actual event that just took place. I thought it was just like somebody being really silly during open gym, and then the dodge, the splits wasn't enough. It was the fact that a ball was caught right afterwards. It was just, it was incredible. Um, yeah, she actually had three balls thrown at her, and that that's when she did it, and it and it worked. I think that's what everyone kept saying. That the biggest thing about it was it worked, right? She dodged those balls and then stopped that the the third. So. That was, that was amazing. Um, Joe, Vaughn, Ben, did you guys happen to catch that bunny chance? And if you did, what were your reactions? Yeah, I was on the sideline when it happened. And uh, <clears throat> it was, like Marie said, when she did it, it was kind of like, there's no way that just worked. And then she was safe and everybody was <laughs> like, couldn't believe what just happened. Awesome. And then right away, I turned to Dominic, who was filming, and I was like, did you get that? And he was, yeah. He for sure got that, and that was going on the highlight reel. I hope so. That was, thank God he got that. How about you, yeah. Vaughn? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it live. Um, at some point during, you know, and I was. I don't know what I was doing. I was off doing something. Maybe I was roughing. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember when exactly it happened. But I didn't really hear all the commotion in the gym. Um, and at some point, I got on my phone, and someone had posted it on the Dodgeball Family page. And that's when I saw it. So I ran over to Marie and I was like, when did this happen? <laughs> Where did this come from? And she kind of gave me a recap, you know, a similar recap to the one she just gave here. But um, it was definitely a cool thing to see. I wish I would have seen it in person because I, I probably would have lost my mind. Just like right there with all your but, mind's blown. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love when stuff like that happens. Just when just, yeah. just like a collective mind blowing thing that happens, and everybody's just like losing it, and everybody gets super amped and excited, and just completely changes the energy of the uh, of the event. Um, and Ben, did you get a chance to see that too? I, I did not. Um, I think uh, like Vaughn, I was either repping or playing. Um, Dominic came over. I guess it must have been right after it happened or shortly after, and was showing uh, some. Some of my teammates, you know, the 
footage he had on his camera there, but uh, I, I didn't see it. No. Gotcha. Yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of hope you were there to see it, and if not, catch it later. Thankfully, thanks to uh, you know like the streaming and people recording video, um, I know that's one thing that's happening a lot with uh, with events now. So cool. So speaking of good plays, and just kind of going back to the article, I did want to read this passage, and then um, maybe Joe, you can kind of let me your thoughts on that. So it said that. Um, their dominance was highlighted in the finals by Mikey Hashimoto, who was a contender for the tournament MVP. He had two huge game-saving catches against Matt Giovanco, a top player and elite all-star from the East. Um, can you kind of walk us through that, Joe? Can I set the stage and explain what happened? Sure. Um, we two old stingers twice in a row. And, um, I mean, these guys came in, a lot of respect to these guys because they came in not like a new team, they came in with a lot of confidence and they came in gunning and they looked real good, pretty much all turn. I mean, all day they looked really good, looking like they were one of the top teams, looking like they had been there over and over and over, but we had never seen them before. Um, so going into finals, playing against them, we knew it wasn't just going to be blowing through them. Um, and we got ourselves into some bad situations. And I would say the first big catch Mikey had was he it was two it was two on one they had um Stingers had two Matt Juvenko was in and Mikey was in by himself and the thing about Mikey is he was catching that day from all over the place we with our team we do a uh, a five dollar competition so at the end of every day whoever has the most catches gets five bucks and <laughs> In the very first game, on the very first attack that a team had on us, he caught one. That was how he started the day. And, I mean, within the, – by the middle of the day, we stopped counting because Mikey was way ahead. He, he was killing everybody with catches. And so when he got that big catch on that two-on-one, it wasn't a surprise. And we knew we, knew we had it at that point. Um, and we ended up taking that game. And then the other big catch he had – was another situation to where we I think it was actually three on three at that point against Stingers Vaughn might have to confirm that but um, at some point he was pushing, Matt Jovinko was pushing Mikey back and happened to be pushing him directly into one of our other players and it caused a collision and in that collision our other player threw himself and Mikey just pretty much threw himself back and Matt when Matt threw I mean he reeled it in it was crazy. it was just one of those crazy moments everybody lost their minds when it happened and it gave us a crazy boost of confidence and took us to the to the win in that game and ultimately to the first place championship awesome so you guys kind of just fed off that momentum and it sounds like he set off that precedent from the get-go as he's going to be just catching all day long that day Oh, yeah. One thing we talked about um, or I tried to talk about with my team is when somebody does something good, you know, reward them for that. Get get hype with them. Get excited with them. You know, feed off of that energy. If you do something good, reward yourself for that. Get hype. Get excited. And all day, every time Mikey got a catch, I mean, we, we were losing our minds for it and getting getting real excited. So going into finals, we already had that going for us. And so anytime he got a catch or really anybody else, it was – we lost our minds, and since Mikey had been getting catches all day, it was, it was a little bit extra. 
That's really cool, actually. So, you're, you're, yeah, you're just like celebrating everybody's uh, good accomplishments and just feeding off each other. That's awesome. Um, Vaughn, how about you? Were there any like additional plays that, that you kind of saw either with your own team um, as well or just overall? Um, yeah, you know, kind of going back to Mikey, um, he had the two big catches in the finals and, um, you know, that everyone saw. And, you know, it was funny as I was going back and, and watching film, um, I watched those games. I watched those finals games probably 10 to 15 times. And um, after the second catch, you can actually hear on camera, you can hear Matt Giovinco lean over to his team. He said, that guy's been catching me all day. Save him for last. <laughs> Which um, I think coming from someone like Matt Giovinco with that kind of um, you know reputation and everything um, says, it says you know a great deal about Mikey and his ability. Um, think about Mikey and his brother Elijah, um, they're two of the youngest guys in the country. Um, Mikey just turned 18, um, and they're not afraid of anyone. Nice. I think they play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, because they're so young, um, guys think they don't belong. Um, they're just kids, you know, whatever. Um, but those, those, those two are the future of dodgeball. Um, I firmly believe that. And, um, but, um, where I was going with this was there was another catch that Mikey had earlier in the day. We were playing, I believe it was Category 5, and um, Jarvik, who is a mountain of a man, um, the nicest guy on the planet, He's but he's huge. He's massive. He he comes up to the attack line, and he just, Mikey's on his knees, and Jarvik wails one at him, and Mikey just above his head, just all hands, reels it in, and people lost their minds. Um you know, people get really excited for all hands catches, and, and Mikey was already on fire, and everyone was already so hyped for him that our team lost their minds, spectators lost their minds. Um, so, you know, Mikey had Mikey had highlight after highlight that whole tournament. Um, I saw, you know, Kim uh, from Stingers. Um, as far as no sting goes, you know, I'd heard a lot about him, kind of on on other stuff like oh he can really he can really whip the no sting balls you know this guy's got an arm um and whenever we got to no sting um we saw what everyone was talking about um he would come up to the line and and the ball's at you before you even know he's throwing it um so there were a lot of guys that that got knocked on their butts um and that was pretty fun to watch a little you know a team like that you don't know these guys and you know people come in and it's unsuspecting and um so he had a few a few pretty good hits that were fun to watch on people who just had no idea what they were you know what they were staring at across from um um i'm trying to think of some other stuff that you know there were a lot of kind of there weren't any um i don't remember seeing any any real oh my god i can't believe that just happened plays there was a lot of just really good team play um what about sorry i don't want to interrupt you too much but what yeah. about rachel's rachel's catches oh my god yes i cannot believe i forgot about that so um it was dodge tronic i believe they were playing voodoo um but ben can correct me if i'm wrong um i was refing that game so i i had a front row seat for it and and rachel was in rachel was last one in and um she caught one Ben came back in, I believe, um, 
and then Ben caught one and simultaneously Rachel caught another. Um, and it just completely flipped the game. Everyone, you know, everyone in the stands was just screaming and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting thing for, for something like that to happen and for people to do it, but for a woman to do it, um, it's an even more exciting thing because I mean, he saves a lot of our games. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think people, people don't realize kind of how good these women can be. Um, you know, I think in the South, um, kind of as like Marie was saying earlier, there's kind of a little bit of a struggle for the women. And I feel like there's not a lot of respect, um, that's shown to our women a lot of times. Um, and and for a woman to go out there and kind of show up the boys is like an even even bigger deal and it's it was it was a really exciting and i went up to rachel after the game and i was like that was incredible and she was smiling from ear to ear she was having the time of her life um Dancing yeah that was probably the biggest the biggest play that i saw yeah i was also in that game and uh what made that what made that sequence even sweeter was Every time she caught a ball, she picked the ball up above her head and started dancing. It was really <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was good. That's great. Um, well, first off, uh, just to backtrack real quick, there's something really just awesome about an all-hands catch. So when people catch, you know, a you know a really fast ball over their heads and they just stop it in midair, that is just it, it's just so cool to see. So like, it's impressive anytime. Uh, secondly, and I'm kind of glad you caught this, uh, Maria, I did want to ask Ben what he had noticed from his point of view. But uh, before we go too far into that, uh, Rachel, who, can you kind of give us more info on, on Rachel, Ben? Like first, last name, and, and um, you said she's your savior, so you kind of want to elaborate a little bit more on the impact she had for you guys? Oh, yeah. Um, she, she's always good for, uh, you know, a catch or two, and, and a lot of times, you know, if she's the last one in, that'll be when she makes one. But uh, no, uh, Rachel's my wife. Um, we've been playing together for like ten years now, I guess. Oh, nice. But um, she, uh, we used to have a league here in Memphis, but you know, we no longer we no longer do. Uh, so just kind of the group that we play with get together and and, and play. And she's she's the only girl, but you know, she'll uh, she'll get out there. So. So I'm sure, being uh, the only female player, she has a she has a good I don't want to say a good advantage, but she's she's used to playing uh, in open division, in men's division. I don't want to say men's; it's open. Really. Yeah, she she's very competitive. Nice. Say that. Very cool. Well, how about um, from your perspective overall? Um, any any crazy plays that you might might have noticed uh, either playing against or refing or just in general that we haven't covered yet? Well. Uh, the the one Vaughn mentioned about the uh, uh, what's his name Mikey that, that caught it over his head that that was pretty awesome. Um, there was uh, the redheaded guy on Voodoo. I'm not sure what his name is. Oh yeah, uh, Andrew Andrew Fernice, I think is his last name. He had a double catch. Uh, he jumped up and caught two balls at once, oh, which uh, nice. you know that's always the unicorn, right? So uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, other than that. Just uh, actually, all the teams, like I said last year, we were pretty much non-existent in elite. I think we made one round, and um, 
we try to make some Dallas tournaments here and there, but um, all the teams have gotten you know, much in the last couple of years. That uh, you know it makes us look pretty pitiful sometimes. So we got to get our act together. Gotcha. Yeah, double catches. Uh, I think I saw that. Um, does he have like long, long red hair? No, it's short. It's short. Redhead. Yeah, short red hair, red beard. He's um, pretty tall. I'd say he's probably I don't know six two, six three. He's one of the bigger guys on their team. Gotcha. <laughs> I think maybe I, maybe I just remembered the hair wrong, but I remember I do remember seeing a double catch come out of the south, and I wonder if that's what it was. Because it, it just they're happening so much more frequently now. It's like becoming just a, a thing, and I'm I'm always just left wondering when am I, when am I going to get mine? Like where, when when am I due? Um, how about you, uh, Marie? What are, were any additional plays or events that stood out at least for the women's division aside from um, Alexandria's amazing you know dodge split catch that she pulled off? Yeah, um, Kathy Martinez had a couple, and the thing that. Uh, in, in the finals, uh, I think it was, uh, it wasn't the last round. Um, it would have been in the match for, uh, to go into the final round. And she just made a couple plays. I mean, she played last person in for a good long time. Um, I want to say she made some catches, but she made some good hits. And the thing about that that stood out to me was she had injured herself in between rounds. Um, pretty severely um, talked about the angle of her finger and that kind of thing and and she played through it um, and so watching her and she you know no one really knew that but um, watching her take on those teams and you know I they they kind of laughed at me a little bit as the captain of the team they you know so what's this round for I said you know this is this is for third place or to go into the championship you know and <laughs> um, I was just happy after our, our round robin um, seating to to be getting that far um, and you know in that time she came back and it was because of her playing um, and a handful of other things but really her efforts um, with that injured finger to um, get us into that championship round um, I think th the rest of it is you know a lot of times the plays that stand out um, are either you know just like double catches or things like that where where they don't happen very often or from players you don't expect to see them and because everybody's new we don't really know what to expect from some people. So everyone um, had their own thing that kind of stood out. There was, um, I, I wish I knew people's names and, and I'll have to learn them, but um, there was one lady um, out of the Throw Me Something Sister team out of New Orleans who had a fantastic pump fake. Um, she had a lot of spunk and I just respected the hell out of her. And um, I, I loved playing her. There was um, you know, a couple softball pitch throws that um, that were pretty accurate, and then weapons of mass destruction. Christy Stevens um, had some great plays where she was uh, fast moving um, and real excited and accurate as well. Um, and those that team in particular played uh, pretty well together, um, throwing together, um, knowing what they were all supposed to be doing at any given time. So those were the kinds of things that stood out. It was less about one particular play and more about, oh, okay, I see that person can can do that. Um, and and that, those were the types of conversations that were happening. Nice. I did want to kind of add to the, uh, the Throw Me Something Sista, and that's basically I'm pulling this from the article. It states that 
Throw Me Something Sister was captained by Maria Cervini and crafty veteran Danny Kennedy, who was instrumental in bringing dodgeball to New Orleans after years playing with the World Dodgeball Society in Los Angeles. Uh, does Danny Kennedy maybe ring a bell? Um, was, that, was that the person you might be referencing? You know, it could be. Um, confidence on the court, that could have been her. I, I, I need to go and ask them who is who. Um, I know which one uh, Maria was, and the names on the backs of their jerseys didn't necessarily match Danny Kennedy or whatever, so I, I, have, to, I have to meet them. Gotcha. I will say, uh, playing with the World Dodgeball Society in Los Angeles, that's definitely a, a huge uh, advantage, so um, I wonder if that would be her. Very cool. So let's go ahead and transition into No Sting, see if we can cover that real quick. Um, my, my first question, this is maybe more of a personal one, but, but Joe, why a No Sting division uh, for you guys, for the South? Uh, I think for a long time in the South specifically, it was, it was kind of a struggle to get girls, uh, get girls to play competitively, um, get girls to play in something that's a little more dangerous than foam um, and to get girls to travel it was a struggle so I think the South kind of coped with that by doing an open nosing division and I think like two years ago we did foam which was also open it's, it still wasn't um, co-ed but I think now I'm hoping and in, in at least my personal opinion I think we have more than enough girls to, to do co-ed teams I mean you had the teams, all you had all the women's teams that came out for the women's division, and I don't, I don't say this with the intention of, of eliminating the women's division, but I think there's enough girls to go around to make co-ed teams. That way, we can play what we play at national. Gotcha. And I see you uh, nodding your head, head, Marie. Do you kind of do you agree with that sentiment? Oh, absolutely. It was um, very disappointing for the women to not have a co-ed no sting team i mean everyone had hoped to do that we um in lieu of being able to have co-ed no sting we wanted to put women's team you know just open teams full of women to play you know in all honesty co-ed no sting is a different game than women's um and so it's not a trade-off one one or the other it's really the idea of having both most of the um, open teams or you know which are men's teams um, for the most part they get to come out and play two divisions and you know I was telling someone you know I spent I have a big family so I spent five grand to come out there to, to New Orleans and played one division um, and that's a little bit of a unique situation but everybody who's traveling and, and everything else we get to come out we want to be able to play um and so the more we have the opportunity the better and we would love to be able to play in two divisions um that being said um yeah i think we we definitely everybody would love to to play and and um hopefully we'll be able to do that in the future Gotcha. You raised a good point about um, how it changes the, the dynamic a little bit. And so I was kind of going to go to Vaughn with this question. But did you see a shift in dominant teams um, transitioning from rubber to no sting? I wouldn't say there was a shift in dominant teams. Um, I think we pretty much had things go as expected as far as the one, two, threes. I think those teams shuffled. Um, but I think we were all kind of right there. Um, historically, Outsiders has been the kind of premier no-sting team um, in the South. And 
we took two of the three rounds last year and we lost two outlaws in the final um in the third round um and this year outlaws took it and and we took third so i think um i know in the tribune article um tyler had written something that said the right teams won the wrong divisions um and i think that was sort of a a um you know, Outlaws have historically been a better 8.5 team than Outsiders, and we beat them in open 8.5, and we've always been kind of a better no-sting team than Outlaws, and they beat us in no-sting. So it was kind of a, a reversal of the roles, and I think that's what that's what Tyler meant um, by including that. Um, but, you know, the thing about the about the New Orleans teams is their Kanchong Voodoo had a had a really good showing, uh, much better than I expected them to. Um, like I said earlier, we've played all those guys before, so we know kind of what what they have. And um, but I think having this lineup really helped them, um, and them playing with that ball regularly. Um, really helps them in Dallas. We don't we don't play much no sting. We have a trampoline league that we use as sort of a pseudo UDC um, right. kind of warm up. Um, but outside of that, we don't play any no sting at all. And I think them using no sting on a regular basis um, really helps them a whole lot. Um, um, it's you know in, in in the dallas area most of the south we play we play foam we don't even really play 8.5 um we'll have 8.5 kind of open gyms and and that's about it but um primarily playing foam um is it's so much different than than 8.5 and no sting that um our, it takes a little bit um a little bit extra for our guys here in the DFW area to get to get used to that. So New Orleans playing with it on a regular basis, it's going to help their teams um, knock out some of some of these Dallas teams, especially the newer teams um, that are kind of weaker or or just kind of getting their feet under them as as far as the team play goes and and everything like that. But I don't think there were any shocks um, as far as the fi- as far as the final rankings go. Um, I think, I, I, like I said, I think it was just a little bit of a of a shifting in the you know first, second, third places. But I think we all expected those teams to be there. Gotcha. So, so it wasn't like a too big of a surprise. Um, you, you bring an interesting point, and, and Ben, I'm, I'm coming to you with this one. Um, where what do you, what do you guys normally play with um, out in Memphis? Uh, we're used to eight point five. We play mostly with that. We we will play with really any kind of ball type, but um, you know the league that we used to have was 8.5 for a, for a while. And whenever we practice, we usually practice with 8.5. We have a sky zone here that um, we played at for a little while. Um, we've been to the UDC a couple times, uh, and a few there's a couple guys on our team, Jeremy and and Sonny. They they got big into uh, the sky zone thing for a little while. So they, you know, they're pretty familiar with the, the no sting ball. And, um, and I've played with it, I guess quite a bit too, but, um, I don't know. We, we normally play with 8.5, but we tend to have better results with the no sting. And I think what's weird about it is we usually think when we go to start playing no sting, some of our players are like, I hate no sting. 
because it it kind of seems like you're not going to be able to catch them, but then we usually end up making more catches playing no sting than we do 8.5. So I don't I don't really know why that worked out. I feel the same way about that. Um, did you? Yeah, feel- I think I think I definitely catch more more no sting than I do 8.5, and um, I hear that I hear that from a lot of people, but. At the same time, I hear a lot of people say, you know, they catch 8.5 better because it's a bigger ball. So I don't know. I guess I guess it's maybe like 50-50 that I hear it. But me personally, I catch no sting um, a lot easier than I catch 8.5. How about you, Joe? Any any big transitions from your catch ability from 8.5 to no sting? Uh, I I you know, a year ago I would say yes, but I think because in the last I don't know maybe two months we've been focusing on so much 8.5 i found it harder this tournament to catch no sting than i did 8.5 even though i could see it going on in the tournament that you know those those no sting balls would compress onto people and stick more than the 8.5 balls where i personally found it harder to catch no sting this time around gotcha and marie do you uh do you have experience transitioning from 8.5 to no sting or was it I mean, it's pretty much no sting for you, at least in round one, correct? Yeah, I mean, I'll play with outsiders, like I said, for a co-ed, um, and and I play in the open gym as well. I think um, it's it, no sting is more similar to foam, which again is what we tend to play out here. I think catching them is is different, um, and it's it is different. I think it's easier to catch an eight. Point five ball, honestly, um, but I think it takes a lot of confidence in going into it and and not getting afraid. I'm I'm recovering from having my finger reconstructed last year after breaking it in no sting. So um, I have I, I know I have a lot of fear in trying um, to to catch either ball. Um, that'll that'll come with time again. So gotcha. Cool. Well, before we uh, transition into uh, showdown, because I definitely don't want to skip that, I just want to do like a real quick roundtable and get you guys' thoughts and input on just nosting in, in, in general. And we'll start with Ben. Uh, ben, was there any teams or plays or players that just absolutely stood out in your mind from your team's perspective or your perspective? Uh, that's a tough question. Honestly, um, we were just, uh, myself personally was I was pretty mentally exhausted <laughs> throughout the day just because uh, I had refing duties as well and and captain and, and playing so I just felt like I was constantly running from one place to the other um, but uh, I don't know I guess like I said earlier I feel like all the teams from from the south have, have gotten so much better in the last couple of years that um, we're sort of being left behind here, so uh, we got a lot of work to do before the next round. But uh, this first round was definitely uh, a good experience for us, especially since there's a couple people on our team that haven't played a whole lot in the last year. So I don't know. Everybody's pretty good. Gotcha. How about you, Vaughn? Anything you noticed or took away? Um, yeah, from no sting, I think I think specifically as far as no sting goes, um, this round is going to cause everyone to kind of have to step up their game. Like I said, stingers came in and um, they they played well in round robin. Um, they didn't do as well as I think they probably expected in, in elimination play, 
but um, they're a team to watch. Like I said earlier, um, Kim has a whip of an arm, and um, if they can kind of get on the same page, um, team-wise, they're going to go pretty far. Um, the New Orleans team showed up, you know, Category 5 um, was the number one seed going into bracket play. Voodoo, um, you know, went all the way to the end. Um, so I think just kind of having these teams that are coming in or reestablishing themselves are going to cause everyone to kind of have to step up their game. Um, it's not going to be as much of a, um, and this is going to sound a little cocky, but um, it's not going to be as much of a cakewalk for outlaws and outsiders um, kind of as it has been in the past. Um, so we have, you know, like Ben said, we have some work to do. And I think, I think everyone does with some of these new teams um, either, you know, kind of reestablishing themselves with existing players or, or, or just coming in totally brand new, no one really knowing what to expect. Um, but um, as you know, as far as players go, you know, outside of the Stingers team, I don't think there was anyone that surprised me. We've seen everyone. Um, actually, that I take that back. Um, you know, Dodgetronic. Um, I, I played against Riley um, several times um, in the past, but Ben added him to Dodgetronic, and it seemed like he was throwing twice as fast as he used to um so he was whipping in he was bringing bringing the firepower for for dodge trying and in no sting um so um shout out to him shout out to ben that's a great pickup um and uh but yeah i mean it's just i think just overall like ben said um everyone's kind of stepping up their game overall um you know in the article it mentioned the parody in the south and i think that's true i think we showed that there was a lot of parody in the south but that's not because of a drop off in play um everyone's stepping it up everyone's um everyone's better than they were last year um the teams are playing more together everyone has you know you can see more game plans coming together it's not people just showing up and and doing whatever they want um like maybe it has been in the past um so everyone's everyone's getting better and that's leading to that that's what's causing all the parity in the south it, it's not just weak teams anymore it's um there were certainly some weak teams there but overall as a as a region i think we're definitely getting stronger and um yeah i think i think we'll start getting a little bit more recognition than than we used to nice and how about you, Joe? Any um, any players, games, takeaways that you saw from co- um, from Nosting? Uh, I got a second what Vaughn said about Riley. Riley, I mean, yeah, he he was bringing it that day. Um, one of the one of the guys that I think that I had more of a personal experience with was was Kim from Stingers. I mean, he caught me with a with a forehead shot that I felt for the rest of the week. Oh, man. Um, and luck, and I've had. I've been fortunate enough to talk to him in the last couple weeks, actually, about about dodgeball philosophy, and then he's really cool, really respectable guy. Um, one of the things that stood out for me personally, also, was um, I play dodgeball with my family. Uh, my wife is on Outsiders. Uh, my sister-in-law is on Outsiders. Marie, my stepkids are on Outsiders. Uh, Mike and Elijah, and. Um, to see the family dynamic come out is really cool to me. So there was one game that I was watching specifically where Ben was in by himself and it was a one-on-one situation. And every time he came to the back line, Rachel was talking to him and Rachel was, was encouraging him and cheering him on. And when he, when he'd make maybe like the slightest little mistake, she'd 
she'd feel it with him. And uh, it, it's really good to see kind of that family dynamic come through in dodgeball. It, it reminded me of how I want to be with my family about encouraging them and, and feeling the the good things and bad things that they go through while they're playing. Nice. Yeah, you're putting a new meaning to a hashtag dodgeball uh, family there. That's pretty cool. Um, and Marie, when uh, when Vaughn was talking about like how all teams are kind of stepping up their game and becoming more talented, you're you're nodding your head um, emphatically. Do you have uh, thoughts on just no sting division in general, or do you kind of echo what Vaughn was saying? Yeah, no, I definitely do. I think that um, we're going to keep seeing the talent um, get better and better. I think just looking at the bracket and the different teams that we're playing. Um, you know, I want to call out one person. Wrecking Balls as a team prefers eight and a half, and and they're pretty vocal about that. Um, they did decide to play No Sting, which I was excited about. And um, there's a couple people on that team. Justin Ashby, um, as an example, is you know someone who hasn't been playing a, a long time, um, but just keeps getting better and better. And I think there's you know probably four or five others that I could call out like that on different teams that haven't been playing a long time that just continue to um, show us what they're made of and I think that as they continue to get experience um, you know some of these teams are, are remixes of other teams and, and people find better team structures I guess and, and so they, they start new teams but um, overall as they continue to play together they're gonna they're gonna keep getting better and I think outsiders as an example or outlaws um, they, they can't sit and and expect that they're gonna they're gonna keep winning i think in in this competition everybody is has a chance to win nice i'd also like to say too about stingers one thing i appreciated um watching them play is their um court etiquette their integrity on the court um was something i saw that's not something that i always see out there and um is, is super important to me and i appreciated that they brought that um as they joined the south yeah, that's that's very important. Definitely want to have uh, teams that are, you know, not cheating. They're not jerks. They're uh, they're just contributing to the overall positivity of, of the event. Always a good thing. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and, and transition to uh, showdown. And, and major shout out to uh, Sergio De Leon for for mentioning this because I completely almost spaced it in my notes. Um, first off, uh, Vaughn and Ben, you guys were the ones that participated in showdown, correct? Yes. Yep. Cool. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Ben. Um, what was your experience with Showdown, and how did how did you fare? <laughs> uh, pretty poorly, um, but you know it it's a fun thing to do, and um, uh, I I faced off against um, oh somebody probably knows his name. I, I'm sorry, I forgot it. Uh, it's the larger uh, black guy on. Uh, uh, Category five. Jarvik. Oh, yeah, Jarvik. Jarvik. Yes. He he is uh, really fat for a big guy. Um, I, I kind of thought uh, you know I was going to cruise in there and I could maybe you know throw a couple quick shots and tag him, but he completely owned me in the showdown. So um, I think I only got one round on him, and, and that was it. Gotcha. How about you, Vaughn? What was your experience like? 
Um, it was fun. I uh, I won my first round. Um, I played a guy um, named Randall from New Orleans, and um, he's he played one I think one round last year. So I was you know I'd met him. I'm not real familiar with him, but um, I beat him. Um, so hopefully I can keep going. Um, I love doing showdown. It's I'm I'm not I haven't been um, super successful at it in the past. Um, um, maybe I can change that, but it's it's fun to just do um, and fun to kind of go one on one with the guy. I think my next draw is um, I, I want to say his name's Travis Avery. Uh, he plays for Voodoo, and he's about seventeen feet tall. Okay. <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna take about two steps and be at the center ball already. So we'll see how this goes. Um, and then if I beat him, um, I'm kind of in the same little grouping as Anthony Miller, who was our headband winner last season. I think he's got to be the favorite to win it again this season. Um, he's a great player. He's he's accurate. He's smart. He can catch um, as evidenced at Nationals when he caught Mike McGee point blank, you know, twice in a row um, and everyone lost their minds. Um, I'm sure everyone remembers that if they were there watching. Um, so if I keep winning, I'm sure I'll run into him, and and that's where I'll really have to uh, have to show my grit. But um, but yeah, showdown's a lot of fun. I think Anthony's the favorite, um, and and he should be. Um, he's a great player. So yeah. Gotcha. Well, good luck. I mean, first things first, you got uh, Goliath there. That you got to worry about the big guy. <laughs> right. Once, once that's right. <laughs> Cool. Well, I'll be. Uh, I'll definitely be rooting for you, mostly because uh, out of familiarity at this point. But uh, <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> really cool. Um, well, I guess it's kind of makes shot, uh, showdown pretty quick, but that's fine. I definitely don't want to go too far over uh, the time limit here. Let's go ahead and just uh, kind of roundtable again, and we'll go ahead and start with Ben. Um, just any kind of last-minute shout-outs, like just anybody in particular that you feel like you didn't mention that you would like to. Could be thank yous, could be um, good reps. Uh, we'll just kind of go into that, and that will be how we uh, wrap up. So, Ben, um, any shout-outs on your end? Um, just to everybody that came, thank you, Glenn, for uh, you know coming and setting everything up, and, and, it, it, and the whole tournament ran really smooth. So, awesome. <laughs> That's about it, really. Cool. How about uh? But you, Joe. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought Glenn ran a good tournament, and uh, between me and Glenn, it, it went much better than the last tournament. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, big shout out to Kathleen, who's right next to me. She fought back from an L-shaped finger <laughs> to making it to the final. Uh, that was a big deal. Uh, all the guys from Stingers, really, um, Matt, Kim. I think Jacob was was the smaller guy that I got to talk to a little bit. Um, all those guys are super, super respectful and, and great guys, and I was glad they were able to come out, and I'm hoping to see them in the next two rounds. Very cool. Uh, I thought I thought Justin Ashby, I mean, killed it for Wrecking Balls. I mean, that guy, we, we see him play week after week here, and, um, you know, you see somebody play week after week, and it may not be as surprising when they do something good. He had a couple of close calls that didn't go his way that were against our team. Um, but overall, I mean, every time I watched that guy, it was exciting. It was, I mean, he, he 
is going to do great, great things for that Wrecking Balls team. And it's, it's always exciting watching him. And that's because I get to watch him three times a week. And at the tournament, I mean, it was, it was nothing short of spectacular when you saw him, I mean, falling out of bounds for ball after ball after ball. That dude sacrificed his body like crazy. And it, it was real good to see the way he played. And I'm hoping that he gets to keep playing like that. Nice. How about you, Vaughn? Uh, yeah, uh, kind of echoing what Joe said. Shout out to Glenn. This was the probably smoothest run um, elite regional that I've personally been to. Um, I know he got with the A-Rush drop, it threw a wrench in his plans, and he it didn't even phase him. He 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 just you know picked it up and and ran with it, and and it was it was an incredible tournament. Um, shout out to uh, Matt Giovinco. It was good to see him. You know, we usually only see him at nationals. Um, I don't know how much, if any role he had in, in putting that Stingers team together, but it's good to have some new blood and see a new team in the South. that has been the same teams for ever. Um, so shout out to him. If he had any role in that and, and just shout out to him for coming. Um, ben, shout out to you guys you guys are always fun to play um i know it's not easy for y'all to to get here um just traveling and i know it's not easy for you to always get you know commitments and 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 travel arrangements for everyone and everything so so you know we always appreciate seeing y'all whether it's these elite tournaments or some of the, the smaller dallas tournaments um and just you know actually shout out to everyone because the the thing about the south um is there's always some kind of, and I'm not, I'm sure this isn't a South specific problem, um, but there's always some kind of drama um, on the court. Um, we're usually arguing with outlaws or wrecking balls and they're arguing with us and everyone, but I didn't see any of that this round. It seemed like everyone was kind of in sync and, and there wasn't a lot of arguing and, and drama and cussing each other out and, and it was kind of refreshing um actually um to not have that kind of constantly going on um so shout out to everyone for just kind of being cool like not having all the drama um and also i kind of want to you know um not so much a shout out more of a call out um like marie said you know it's it's been hard to get women in the south and we play open no sting um but me personally, Joe, a lot of other people I've talked to, um, we're all in for co-ed no sting. We, you know, we carry Kathy and Marie all the time. Um, ben always has Rachel. Um, so support your women, guys. Um, let's get these. Let's get this women's division built up. Um, let's get these teams going and compete with everyone else. And let's, you know, let's get co-ed no sting going. Let, this is what other people do. Um, this is what we do at nationals so no more excuses uh oh, we can't find any women i mean i feel like that's kind of bs so support your women bring them on let's let's play i'm calling you all out right here publicly on the podcast <laughs> nice. awesome uh how about you marie uh any shout outs yeah, I have a couple. I think um, certainly want to thank uh, Christy Stevens and, and Jen Woodley for their support. Um, 
Alicia as well uh, out of DFW um, just in trying to gather folks. Um, they play a lot in Fort Worth where I can't get out there and um, we're able to gather a lot of the, the women um, and, and get their commitment to come. Um, so they put a lot of effort into it. I also want to um, thank the New Orleans women. Um, they found out about the tournament about a week or so in advance and were able to put it together a team and we've struck up um, some good conversations and now I think that we'll be able to keep that going uh, going forward to build more of a partnership in New Orleans and in DFW for the women's um, participation in the sport. And then I think um, also I wanted to call out one individual, um, Katie out of New Orleans. Um, she had a lot of obstacles to face to be able to play. Um, again, one of the, those individuals who'd never played elite before, had played for a couple of years in their local um, you know, rec leagues. Um, but she came out, with, like I said, had a lot of obstacles to overcome. She managed to um, step on as a ref as well. And, um, you know, I was super proud to see both her refing and her um, her playing. I, I think she came out and joined a team. She she was the lone New Orleans individual um, in a team with um, three others from Dallas um, in in Fort Worth, and she showed up and she played. And I think um, it was really exciting to see that happen. Very cool. Well, since we're in shout-out mode, I uh, definitely want to shout-out to you guys for hopping on, giving me some of your time, especially on Easter, uh, to talk about dodgeball and kind of recap the South. I know that um, I'm not even going to pretend to think like I know um, anybody outside of Adrenaline Rush and maybe Anthony Miller just because he's from, from the West. So I definitely appreciate you guys a lot and, and hope that this kind of sheds more light on what's going on in the South and is just uh, another um, contribution to the region as a whole. So appreciate you guys for, for coming on. Yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. Thanks, thanks for having me. And if you ever need me to do it again, I'll, I'll be here. For sure. Awesome. So we'll go ahead and uh, end it there. Alrighty. So there you have a recap of the South Region First Round Tournament. Uh, major shout out again, and thank you guys so much for uh, lending me your time and being willing to talk dodgeball with me. Um, I really leaned on you guys a lot to help paint a picture of what took place in the south and just get a feel for it overall so cannot thank you enough for that also want to say thank you to uh, Cody Stidham for recommending you guys uh, along with Glenn Spacer and Tyler Greer uh, when I was asking and trying to source who to talk to uh, your guys' names came up quite a, quite a few times so I uh, definitely appreciate um, Glenn, Tyler and Cody for, for giving me kind of a point in the right direction also Major shout out to uh, Spitfire for setting up the first live stream that covered the entire day and not just the championship or bracket matches. Uh, they received roughly over 10,000 views throughout the day on Saturday and that just goes to show people that people will watch when something is made available and it's shared. So that, that is huge. Just the thought of being watched by several hundred people is, is mind-boggling enough for me. Also. Major shout out to uh, Dominic Borgia for your amazing footage and just being able to convey what's going on in each region and being willing to travel and actually put this together. That is huge. Um, I do want to thank also Sergio De Leon for reviewing my notes and picking out some of the questions that I might have missed. Um, I really appreciate your input and uh, your feedback. And on that note, if you're listening to this podcast and have input on the recaps, I'd love to hear it. I know I've been very recap heavy lately, but there's just so much going on uh, and I just cannot help myself. I really feel like um, 
there's just a ton of stuff that needs to be thrown out there. So as always, your feedback is welcome. And I hope that these episodes are indeed getting better with each episode. Um, Before I ramble on any longer, because this is a very long closing, I'll just leave it at that. So have a great evening, great rest of your week, whenever this drops, and we'll see you next time. gave me like a little bit of a, of a rundown. Alex isn't responding. What was that? Was that Alexa? Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Special uh, guest, uh, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um,